Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show, and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one? We read every single review, and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies, have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you, everyone, for your continued support. Our reviewer of the week is M underscore Gehring. She says, so good. I could listen to these ladies on repeat. I love how they approach different topics with such lightheartedness, yet full of great info. This podcast has left me reassured and confident to have a pregnancy and birth without fear. Um, can you please tell my children that you like hearing me on repeat? Because <laughs> I don't think they would agree, but hey, it's good to hear every once in a while. Okay. Well, we're coming at you with another lighthearted episode. This one is Things They Don't Tell You, the newborn edition. And I'm coming to you live from Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, Stephanie's back home in Utah. And so you guys, we always apologize in advance if the quality of this particular episode isn't what you would normally expect from our podcast. But bear with us because next week we'll have regularly recorded episodes for you. I feel like as you and I were creating this list of newborn edition things, I was almost a little envious, Stephanie, of the fact that yours felt like such a positive outlook on newborn experiences. Like I could stare at them all day and never get bored. And I don't really feel like I had that kind of an experience with my newborn babies. And I'm going to emphasize this in the beginning and at the end, just like you would expect with pregnancy and birth, every woman's experience is going to be vastly different. And it's okay if you don't love the newborn phase. And it's okay if you end up having kind of a difficult or challenging baby. And it's also okay if you are just, this is your favorite phase of babyhood and motherhood. It's all okay. I'll say here, Miss Courtney, <laughs> it's not like it was all rainbows and butterflies, but I, when we do these things, I, I can't help it. Like I have to think of all the funny things. Like I, that's what I love yeah. about what we do. And with podcasting is it like brings up all these, like, but if I say that out loud, somebody's going to laugh, you know, <laughs> and it's something that makes it fun for me to remember too. So I think it's important that we take time to talk about that because truthfully, um, and I know that I've shared this in previous episodes, but not only did I deal with prenatal depression, but postpartum wasn't fun and becoming a new mom, especially after having a cesarean birth that was unwanted and unwarranted, um, led for led to some kind of postpartum issues. And so even leaving the baby for a little bit and my husband not being comfortable or like, I remember the first time I left to go get groceries 
and I was gone for less than a half hour. It, like seriously, I think the grocery store was about a mile away down the same street. Like we're on the same street as the grocery store. I didn't, I wasn't gone for a half hour and I got the call and my, the baby was crying and you need to come back and maybe he needs to nurse. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I need to get out of this house and I wasn't doing okay. So yes, we talk about, I have a list of like all these like funny, hilarious things, but I do think it's really important that we're going to touch on those other more serious parts of um, newborning isn't all fun. It's not all fun. There are even those small amounts during the hard times, I think that make it a hundred percent worth it, but it's, it's very real. It's raw and it's real. And for someone who's never done it before, like no one can train you for it. <laughs> you know, All the advice yeah. in the world isn't going to give you everything that you need. So, um, I, I assume that's by design, right? But it's not easy. It's just not. Well, I think you just touched on something that was actually one of the points that we had down and it was a realization for me and clearly Stephanie, it was for you too. You immediately realize how much you paid attention to yourself, how much your <laughs> life was your own and um, how much you could just honor your own wants when you needed them before having your first baby. Um, I remember both with a little bit of sadness and also a little bit of happiness that we have this new chapter in our life reflected on the fact that, man, we used to kind of just be able to do whatever we wanted when we wanted to. And, or like, or you get caught up in the busyness of motherhood and you're tired and you haven't showered maybe in a couple of days and you go, what did we used to do with all our free time? <laughs> no you know? kidding. We yeah. wasted it. If only we had known. <laughs> that That is, it's true. It's like, you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, like it was, yeah, I wasted all this time. Because when you have kids, right? It's like, it's all about them. Like your whole world becomes about them. And it's a wonderful thing. It can be overwhelming, but it's that switch that happens, like realizing there's someone other than you in this world that matters and that you're there to support and to love on, I think is like huge, life-changing in every way. Yeah. Yeah, life really does have a whole new meaning and that's a wonderful thing. But it's also a bit of a reality check if you've never had kids before um, to have your own needs, kind of your immediate needs. And I don't want to make it yeah. sound like mothers should ever, ever put themselves lowest on the totem pole. That's not it at all. That's a different um, podcast for a different, that's a whole yes. topic on its Be own. Exactly. Cause you still need to honor, um, what you need mentally, spiritually, physically. And we'll talk about how to fit all that in. You're right. I think that needs to be a different episode, but, um, your life has new meaning and your baby's demands do become more demanding than your own. <laughs> okay. So. so I think we can kind of jump in now. Um, I do. So it's going to be a back and forth We're we're going to laugh as we always do. We're going to have some more serious stuff. And overall, we hope that you know that we just love and, and want to support you guys so much because you know what, like we're not that old. Okay. But we've been there. <laughs> I think we have a decent amount of experience. Um, just from walking the path that we can tell you it's okay to feel these ways, happy, sad, or otherwise, and you're going to make it through to the other side. Cause we have, and then when you do, you can come back and help the others along the way. So without further ado, number one on the list, this was a big one for me. And maybe, <laughs> right, this is like some of that like anxiety or like mom stress. Yes. I was always checking their breathing. A newborn baby, when they are laying there after birth, like a newborn, right? They like, they're always like, they're so still. <laughs> yeah. So I constantly had my finger under my baby's noses. Like just my, show, show me your breathing. My babies were always super grunty. 
Like they were like little piggies. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't normal breathing. And I don't know if it was a kind of like apnea or what, but my baby. So you knew your baby was alive. (laughs) I very much knew my baby was alive. They were like mouth breathers. They were so noisy. And it got to the point though, where it would kind of interfere with my sleep, where it would keep me awake, especially. And this is true of many newborns. Although if your mom instincts are telling you that something's wrong, certainly go see your pediatrician. Um, But they don't always have very regular breathing patterns the way that, you know, we do as grown human beings, right? Sometimes it's, (sighs) oh, yeah. (sighs) And it's so annoying because you're, you're worried. You want to make sure they're okay. Like you said, and when they do that, it can kind of freak you out a little bit. So, um, I, and this was at the advice of my mother, I think after like day two or three, um, I was becoming a basket case because I was not getting any sleep having that little baby in their bassinet in my room because I was just listening to them breathe and make their little grunty pig noises all the time. And my mom finally said to me, she's like, court, look, I know, I know that you wanted to have baby in your room. I know how strongly you feel about that. And you can do that, but maybe at least for one of their little nap times, let's try putting them in their own crib and see how they do. You need sleep or you're going to go crazy. <laughs> and sure enough, um, she's like, look, I'll, I'll turn the baby monitor up. I'll listen for them. You just go get some rest. And for me, this was the right solution. It's not for everybody, but I slept so much better having baby in their own little room and not constantly, um, having anxiety, listening for them breathe or being woken up by their loud, weird breathing. Well, and what a smart mom and a testament to a good support system, because that, that makes all the difference. I, like, I remember thinking after my cesarean that I just wanted somebody to hold the baby while I ate. Like it wasn't comfortable. Mm -hmm. I, I felt uncomfortable. I was in pain. I just wanted to like eat my food. And then, but I remember somebody had come over and I said like, well, you just hold the baby. And I, it like got caught in the shuffle or something of like conversation. And I felt really guilty bringing it up again in case they did hear it and they didn't want to hold the baby. And so I just sat there like <laughs> eating. I had, I had my baby nursing, like they had the baby up on the table. I was seated up on the table nursing and I was eating over them. And I was like, I hate my Aww. life. Like this is, I'm like so stressed out. And I felt so guilty, you know, even asking somebody to t- anyway. So yes, good support system. Good mom. That's so awesome. It is. And like I said, that's not the solution for everybody. Some people co-sleeping works great where baby's actually in bed with you. Some people having them in a bassinet right next to the bed works great. And I would say that's probably the majority of moms. But for me, and I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're one of those moms where their breathing is disrupting (laughs) you from getting some decent sleep, um, you may want to consider trying having them in their own room and please don't feel guilty about it. If that's the solution that works out for you and your family. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and I am one of those moms that co-sleep. So again, with Courtney and I, right, we hit on both of those yeah. points. Like there's a safe place for everybody. Um, okay. You can stare at them for hours, right? I mean, you can agree with this one baby and it never gets boring. Like I, I would stare yeah. at my baby all like everything they did. It was the cutest thing I'd ever seen. Like yeah. everything. For me, it was their skin. Like I just never would get tired of like holding and like stroking their sweet little fingers. You're just sitting there trying to study and memorize every little bit of them because you know that it's going to, they're going to change and evolve and grow quickly. And I feel like that's especially true as you have more children, right? You see how quickly your first grew up. And so you just want to take it all in while you can. 
but kind of like Stephanie said, it's also okay to want and need a break from your baby. Sometimes when people come over and they're wanting to help, they're like, well, tell you what, you know, how about I, um, I fix dinner for you and I do all this for you. And that's great. Sometimes that is what I wanted, but sometimes I just wanted somebody to hold my baby so I could go cook dinner by myself. I needed that alone time (laughs) or go shower by myself. I think too, I going along with that, I think it's really important to take a lot of pictures and video. This is something that maybe our parents' parents didn't have a ton of access to, but I tell you, I wish I would have taken longer videos and more pictures. Mm -hmm. There's, I don't think there's an end to the amount of um, memories that I wish I could have captured, but I think there's a balance because now I find myself wanting to take less picture and video a little bit just so I'm not (laughs) right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be behind the camera all the time. I just, I want to enjoy it. And so I'm like, I always go back and forth with like, I want to relish this moment and I don't want to do it for a camera, but I want to be able to remember it at the same time. So anyways, right. We we can never win. Let's be real. (laughs) I think it's so funny for this next point that you and I had this come up multiple times. (laughs) The amount of fecal or bodily (laughs) It's that you will get on you is just insane. You it's guys, so I'm, bad. It's, I know you've seen, you know, funny parenting spoofs or movies, but this just, I feel like the crap, the poop is always there. <laughs> um, they can spray poop at you. They can most definitely pee on you. And in fact, if you are expecting a little baby boy, you will definitely get peed on or have stuff get peed on. That thing just shoots straight up. And I swear the minute you take that little diaper off the front of them, you know, it's like a geyser. I don't know what's going on. So (laughs) I um, actually had really good luck with that. It was actually later that I dealt with potty issues that I just hate with a passion. You're telling me that a mother to three boys, you never got peed on. It was very, very rare. I honestly don't remember like even one time where I pulled the diaper back and it went off. And I oh know, my gosh. I know because that they like to sell the PPTPs and like all these like different things. And I, I was, those don't I was, work. Those okay. are well, a that's complete waste know. of money. I never I bought, bought them. them. Yeah. I but did. I, at the same time, I, like I would, I put the diaper back, but I can't, I can't, I mean, there must've been a time, but I do remember when my son was like four or five, he, Michael was changing his diaper and we've had like, this is, we, we potty train for a good long time, people. Okay. And we have potty accidents at night for just years we're still dealing with it anyways and so he was putting his diaper on at night and maybe he was yeah he was like four because I had just had Dave and he just starts peeing and laughing he thought it was so funny and I mean it went everywhere and Michael was like stop it grabbing legs and like covering it with pillows and I'm just like oh my gosh holy my life so no I didn't but I feel like I paid for that later you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I get it. You know, and in that way, I almost think I'd rather have the newborn. Yeah. Ping. And here's the other thing, too. My brother and his wife, I remember a couple months before they were expecting their first baby, they bought this brand new couch, brand new couch. It was oh, so no. nice. It had a chaise lounge on it. And fortunately, they they bought it gray, like a charcoal <laughs> gray color. And um, I remember my brother, who's a little bit OCD and kind of a neat freak. I came over to help. Um, you know, I helped doula at their birth. And then I came out a couple weeks later to help with their little newborn baby. And he was like, Court, I cannot tell you how many times this couch has gotten, you know, a little bit of poop or definitely pee on it. I'm so frustrated. I was like, well, hey, at least you got it in charcoal. But <laughs> buddy, between the spit up 
and everything else, like you are going to get gross stuff on your furniture and it's okay. If you're buying new furniture, might I recommend something that can be wiped off or machine washed because it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It is. And you know what though? I have to say like for all of the like spit up and poopy stories, as my kids have gotten older, they think it's the funniest thing ever that they pooped on mommy. So <laughs> it's worth it. Like I have, I have a story of William, literally my oldest, he was an infant shooting poop. Like I went to go open his diaper and just like, boom to the chest. And I was like, what the, like for real? Okay. I've never had a baby do that to me. Well, there so you that's... go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not like crazy close. I mean, diaper wise, but I was standing and he was wow. on the bed. So it was, and I had another one, like I just finished bathing him and I wrapped him in this cute towel and I was like, Michael, look, and he just like, and I'm like, Oh, throw away the <laughs> towel. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, along that note too, spit up is just a part of life and either you or your baby or both will might smell like, um, spit up for the first couple of years. So yeah. that, <laughs> it's sort of, there, that it's sour a mom milk smell, smell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, especially if your baby, and this is kind of my favorite part. It's gross. And it's my favorite when your baby starts to get like three, four, six months old and they're kind of really chunky and they have rolls and sometimes mm. that milk or spit up gets in those rolls. Oh. <laughs> so bad. It's awesome. Okay. Another one that, okay. I don't know if your babies did this and honestly, it was only my first that was crazy, but it, they fart so loud. They can fart so loud. Like <laughs> it would wake us up in the middle of the night and it was just for the first couple months. But I remember Michael being like, Oh, it's so sweet. Cause we'd go to church and he thought it was the funniest thing. Like everybody's so quiet <laughs> for taking the sacrament or whatever. And the baby rips one and he's just like proud father. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Super. We can son. we can get away from the poop and button fart though because we're more mature than that. So let's move on. But we between the two of us have six boys. So yes. give us some grace, you guys. <laughs> Legos, Minecrafts, and farts. That's, That's right. basically how life goes. All right. So we might be done talking about poop and pee and farts, but we're not done with stinky smells or kind of gross things. So you guys know that after your baby is born, they have the umbilical cord, right? And they clamp and cut that. And what's left protruding out of what will become their belly button, or I guess what is their belly button, is about three or four inches of umbilical cord. And, um, you know, the first day that they're born, this is still very soft and pliable and stuff. But as the days go on, it becomes hard and kind of almost like a blackish gross color and you've got the clamp on the end of it and you guys it just doesn't you put those little newborn onesies on them there's a bulge under the onesie it's not going to lay flat when you're giving them their first bath you can't you're not really supposed to get it wet or submerge it in water and then I was telling Stephanie this didn't happen with all my babies but I feel like with at least a couple of them the last day or two if you got kind of close to their tummy it would sort of smell not super great and then and you I were just saying, well, and I wonder if mine did and maybe Michael would remember that, but like, that's not something that anyways, but I, yeah, I was, I was saying that my, my little babies would always have a little bit of blood. I feel like from the umbilical cord just left over, it's clamped and everything. Um, but just little bits left in there where I, I, I would like a genius put on white onesies and ruin them <laughs> over and over again. So that was my yeah. thing with umbilical cords. 
Yeah. So anyway, they're, you know, just know that your baby's super sweet. That thing coming out of their belly is a little bit gross, but don't worry. It falls off. It goes away. You'll be fine. Okay. These next ones, we're going to speed up for you guys. We won't get into all the details, but always, if you have questions, hit us up on the DMs and we'll go into it a little more in the stories or personally, just with you back and forth. Um, but Days of sleeping, we talked about that, are over. Um, this, But this is something, too. Like with babies, there's this big talk of sleep training. Do you use the cry it out method? Do you, what? There's all these methods and all these, you know, madnesses that are out there to do. Um, and it's a personal choice. But I will say for myself, I did try the cry it out with my first. And I feel like not only did it not meet his needs, um, but it, it left us both feeling just awful. So um, I kind of lean towards, and this is just me, but I kind of lean towards a baby cries for a reason at that that's, and I think being close to a mother is actually way more comforting and important than a baby trying to, uh, you can't see my quoting fingers, but, um, air quotes, trying to, to figure out how to be on their own alone. That's not, that's, in my opinion, that's not what they're here to do. They're here to be with a mother, be held by a mother, take care by a mother. Um, animals don't leave their babies to go. You know what I mean? Like there's just some things there that didn't work for us. So yeah, um, we did the same thing. Didn't have a great experience with it. It, I will say it did work, but I also kind of wonder if there aren't some, you know, side effects, and from right. a psychological standpoint. And so I'm grateful now because I see that there's so many wonderful sleep resources for moms today that weren't around yes. when I was there. And in fact, by the time we had my fourth little girl, um, about seven years ago, there were more resources. And so what we use to help her get sleep trained. And I still feel like, at least from my point of view and for our situation, that sleep training can still be a good thing. Um, but rather than leaving them to cry it out, there's so much better tools to do that in a loving and gentle way um, while still helping your child learn to be able to be a great independent sleeper. So, yeah. and some, I mean, some of that is time and experience and your baby and your personality. Like there's so many yeah. things that go into it. You'll find it, what works that, for you. You know what? That's another podcast too. Get ready for that one. Sleep training or sleep in general is something we probably need to discuss. Yeah. Um, the other thing you guys is that breastfeeding. Um, breastfeeding is kind of an exciting sort of scary journey. And I just felt like I expected, I expected to pick it up a little bit more easily for my baby and I than we did. Um, and so just be aware that sometimes it's not always smooth sailing. Of course, we had a wonderful podcast interview with, um, Sally, um, she's an IDCLC and we can link to that in the show notes. So if you're having some struggles, just know that you're not alone. Um, but also it can be a wonderful and it should be a wonderful and incredible journey. Um, Steph, I never felt let downs. I never had to deal with engorgement. Um, but why don't you tell us what that was like? I think, uh, Sally says a wonderful thing. I like her quote about it's, it's natural, like walking, but not natural, like breathing. So it's still something that we have to learn and play around with. And that's totally normal. Um, but yeah, I, I did have letdowns and a couple of things happened with my first, not only was it like electricity, which they all were, it really feels like electric just going all the way to your nipples. But, um, but it also with my first, because I was dealing with postpartum stuff, Every time I would have my initial letdown from that nursing session, so anytime I would like nurse, come back two hours later, nurse again, that letdown would be an instant wave of depression. And I didn't know that that was a sign of postpartum depression or hormone issues or some other things. So if that is something that you're listening to this or you remember it later, just make sure it's not normal. It shouldn't feel like that. Um, but I didn't have anybody to tell me that. So 
Interesting. And along those same lines of breastfeeding, um, cluster feeding where your baby like nurses a whole bunch, like maybe you just nursed them for half an hour and you put them down and 15 minutes later, they're like, you know, doing the open mouth (laughs) gnawing, looking for something again, their fists are tight where they're ready to eat again. Um, or they're like tugging at your boot, your nipple, you know how they're, you're like done feeding and they're like pulling on it. Like, Oh, you can tell and you're, you just freak out. You're like, Oh my gosh, you're not making enough milk. Right. Right. But cluster feeding is a thing I notice at least for a lot of babies. Sometimes it happens sort of early evening. Um, but it's likely that your baby isn't starving or that you're completely running out of milk. Don't, don't jump to those immediate conclusions. So cluster feeding is really neat because what they're doing, like we see babies have growth spurts, right? So they go through these cycles. We see like around two or three weeks, around six weeks. And so things will be going fine. And then all of a sudden baby's tugging at the breast. They're inconsolable. They want to nurse all the time. Um, and then they want to nurse a lot all the time close together. And what they're doing is they're signaling to your breast that it's time to make more milk because they're going to be going through a growth spurt. So how cool is that, that babies and bodies work together? But if you don't know that, then it's the scariest thing ever. You think I'm not being able to take care of my baby. Um, and now I'm going to go to my pediatrician, which is a conversation for another day and tell him that I'm having trouble and he's going to supplement me on formula and then my milk's going to drop and <laughs> right. We can go down the rabbit hole. Goes on. Yeah. yeah. But just know that that feeding and the way that they're behaving is actually to create more milk. So if you are, if you get to a point, um, where you feel like you need a little extra help, that's where you reach out to an IBCLC and we've, you've heard us talk about that before. Yep. Um, something you said reminded me that you and your pediatrician may not be on the same page. You may not be on the same page about, you know, supplementing with formula or vaccines or sleep training, or, um, they may call your baby failure to thrive when in your mommy gut, you know, that your baby's fine. Just maybe a little bit on the tiny side, just keep in mind that it's okay to not necessarily see eye to eye. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're always right and you're always wrong or vice versa. Um, People are going to have differences of opinion. And I think that's another thing that I felt like was a little bit challenging for me. I was the first of my siblings to have kids. And I think I was overall unprepared for the amount of unsolicited advice that I got (laughs) from people really close to me. And it's definitely harder when it's, you know, your family or your mom and you don't see eye to eye. Um, but trust your intuition and maybe even do a little role play with your partner now about how you'll handle if you live in Phoenix, Arizona, and your baby wakes up at 5 a.m. every morning and you decide to invest in some blackout curtains and your mother flips out and says, you kids never had that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I talking about something that happened to me? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but, you know, maybe I sort of regret the way I told her to sort of mind her own business, but I'm sure you will practice ahead of time and be a lot more <laughs> tactful in saying um, thank you and then go and do what you want anyway. And it's important to know that pediatrician is just like hiring and firing your, your provider for your birth. Um, I totally recommend after my experiences with some not so great pediatricians that you vet your pediatrician before you have that baby and you bring them to your office. Um, I want to feel like I'm respected, like I'm in charge of my baby's health. Um, and, and so I I think that's really important. And so if you do too, that's something that you want to do. And also you can change at any time. So if you ever feel uncomfortable or just like you guys aren't meshing well, then switch it up. What's it going to hurt? You can go to somebody else just like you did when you're pregnant. Um, along with that, we did talk about unsolicited advice. I 
just a heads up. Like if you think it's bad when you're pregnant and it is, <laughs> you have that baby. Mm, it's a whole nother world. And, and we're Courtney, you can relate to this, right? Um, I had this, I had my baby and I remember looking at other moms and this, not me giving advice, <laughs> but I remember looking at other moms and being like, I will never like, uh-huh. I am not going to parent like that. My baby will not do this. Anyways. And we, I joke now, you will have foot and mouth syndrome. Hardcore, <laughs> right? There were so many things I swore I would never do. And in fact, I laugh now because homeschooling was one of them. <laughs> oh my gosh, those kids are so weird. I will <laughs> never homeschool my kids. And here we are going on year, I forget, of homeschooling. So yeah, just, you know, you'll... I think you start off trying to feel very sure of yourself and it's okay if you get a little bit humbled and change your mind. It's okay yeah. to change your mind. Yeah. And you got to start somewhere, right? If you don't have that fake confidence, where are you going to go? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Leaving the house is now a several hour process. Um, okay. Maybe we're exaggerating that a little bit, but your days of just grabbing the keys and hopping in the car are kind of gone. Oh, they're very gone because the baby's going to spit up on you and poop on you and poop on themselves. And yeah, you're going to leave something that you really, really needed in the diaper bag at home instead of bringing it with you in the car. It's, it'll be fun. It'll, you'll get used to it though. And seriously, what, by the second or third kid, you're like, do I need this? <laughs> exactly. Well, let's go. Yeah. You're in a onesie and a clean diaper. Hmm, looks like I got about 45 minutes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You can't believe, speaking of onesies, how tiny their little clothes can be. And then when your baby's like four months old and you pull out one of those little preemie or newborn onesies, you're going to believe that there was no way that they were that small. You'll suddenly realize that all those cute little kids that you were looking at coming up to the having this baby are germ infested little monsters, <laughs> right? Like, stay away. Here's the X. Like, don't come near my baby. Yeah. Nate felt that way. Like my husband felt that way, but I never did. So it's also okay if you're like, meh, whatever, you know, good for you. I feel like COVID, right? I like, I cannot imagine myself being pregnant right now. I'm sorry for all of you moms out there who already have some like anxieties about life because yeah, I might just hold that baby a little bit closer right now. Absolutely. Heads up. If you're coming from a full-time job to being a full-time mom, or even if it's just until you go back to work, you're probably going to be really bored. Um, So I know for me, I went through the entire Twilight series. Don't judge me. It had just come out and was really popular. (laughs) Don't judge you. I love the Twilight (laughs) series. And yes, I was pregnant too. Maybe that's a thing. I know. know. Maybe it's the hormones (laughs) flying or whatever, you know. Um, But anyway, I will link to it in the show notes. Hey, they are coming out with a new book in August. I just saw. Yes, my girlfriend. I told her I'm like, okay, I'll fly to California for that. I will I, see well, you for I the was movie. Telling, I was telling my sister-in-law, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit, but I'm sort of excited for it to come out. She's like, it's okay, I am too. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You might get bored, um, especially coming from full-time work. So keep in mind, you might be reading a lot, listening to a lot of podcasts, ahem, um, crafting, <laughs> watching Netflix. Just it's okay to feel bored. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We watched when when Baby was a newborn, my very first one. I had never seen the Star Treks. I had never seen Star Wars. Uh, I, apparently, I had to watch The Hobbit. What's the other one that's like those? I didn't make it through Harry Potter. I did that in the later life. Anyways, we're sounding like total nerds at this point. I know it's okay. 
we're we're birth nerds we're mom nerds we're <laughs> it's it's fine i will take nerd all over the place oh. all right nerdiness aside i can tell you one thing that really surprised me that i didn't anticipate is that i had three of my four kids were incredibly colicky they were just kind of miserable babies and i loved them and they were mine but they were really sad and hurting a lot of the time and um, being colicky can mean all kinds of things and you might not figure out what's wrong i noticed at least with my colicky babies that they definitely started to turn a corner around three months and definitely by four. Um, I had one kid that was like that until about eight or nine months, but um, it's okay if you don't ever figure out what's wrong. We invested so much money in charcoal drops and gas drops and all kinds of things that we hoped would help. Um, and we never quite figured it out, but there are some resources. You can definitely talk to an IBCLC. You can go see a chiropractor. Um, at least the instinct that I got as a mom with these fussy babies was that they had a hurting gut. And so, um, maybe try to approach trying to help them, um, from that point of view. Okay. We talked about this earlier, but it is okay and actually necessary to need and to take your breaks. So that can include something as simple as I'm going to put the baby in the bassinet, close that bedroom door, maybe put a monitor, maybe don't, maybe hand it off to the husband or the partner, whoever, um, and take a bath. I mean, I remember putting my baby in the bouncer and bringing him in the bath, just so or not in the bath tub, but like in the bathroom so that I could just lay in the tub. Like I just needed a little bit of me time. And that's if the baby wasn't crying. That's if they're sleeping, <laughs> because if I have a crying baby, that's not me time to bring them in the bathroom with me. But it's, it's, I think motherhood in general is just all consuming. There's nothing that can prepare you for that. And when you have that baby, I mean, that baby doesn't leave your side for a good long time. Um, and I'll tell you now, I'm, I'm not an older mother, you know, but my kids are a little bit older. And even now that they're more self-sufficient, like mothering never ends. You never get a break from it. They're constantly on your mind. And um, so it's okay and very necessary to take those mental and physical breaks for yourself. I will tell you that even if your baby isn't sleeping, um, I had a couple instances and I don't know why I'm feeling kind of emotional about him right now. I think it's because I suddenly had so much more compassion on moms who didn't have the kind of awesome support network that I had um, and who were maybe struggling in their motherhood journey. But when I had these really, really colicky babies, especially with my first, and it just sort of blindsided me. And, you know, I've nursed the baby, I've changed their diaper, I've, I've held them, we've gone on a walk, and they're still screaming, and I don't know what's wrong. Um, I remember talking to my mom, and she goes, honey, it's okay to lay them in a safe place in their crib or whatever, and shut the door, and just go 10 minutes, you know, stay in the house, but go to your room and maybe shut your door, even if it's just for 10 minutes, just to get a break yes. from, from that, because it's better that your baby is, you know, in a safe place. And I know you're in a safe place and it was never, it never got to a crazy serious point where either of us worried about me harming myself or the baby. Um, but I want you to know that if it's a choice between you, just like having a mental breakdown and, um, you know, or setting your crying baby in a crib for 10 minutes so you can just get a little bit of a break. Like, just give yourself some grace. It's okay, you know. 
I'm glad you touched on that. I think it's very real. And I, I have also experienced this and I have done that thing because I, you do get, you can work yourself up to a point or get worked up to a point where you're like, this is not healthy for me to be sitting here with this. Like I can't mentally take this anymore. Um, and not to go like too deep and dark, but like shaken baby syndrome is a thing. And it's not because moms are evil, you know, um, sometimes we just don't, step back when we need to. Um, anyway, same thing. We never, we never hit that point, but if you can recognize the signs of like, I'm going to lose my freaking mind, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> then yes, you put the baby in a safe place and you get your butt out of there and you take a breath and you hear the quietness of no crying and then you come back to it. So, yeah. um, I think it's important that you brought that up. Definitely. Just know that you are loved. We have so much compassion, so, so much for pregnant, birthing, and new moms. Um, Stephanie and I have had a whole wide range of personal experiences um, where we know and can still vividly remember, thus me crying here while I record this, (laughs) um, what it's like. And so just know that you're not alone. And if you need to be able to talk to someone, um, please recognize your resources. Hopefully you have an incredible spouse or partner. family, friends, counselors, psychiatrists, your doctor or midwife, um, your child's pediatrician. You have so many people that you can turn to who are anxious to help. I think so often our support systems, they want to help. They just don't know how, or, or maybe they're waiting for an invitation. I don't know, but you always have someone. And if you feel like you don't, you have Steph and I, so you can always send us a DM and we will connect you to some support and some resources. Yeah. Because I think it's very important that a mother not feel judged for the thoughts and um, the feelings that you're having. It's likely that what you're experiencing is very normal. Um, But I feel like a lot of the times those things are not as openly talked about, probably for fear of how someone would, I know for myself, I wasn't about to say all of those things out loud to somebody that I didn't really trust um, and know that I wasn't going to be judged for because I, it, sometimes those thoughts would make me feel like I was a bad mom. And that's not the case. You're just going through the most difficult and amazing and incredible thing in the entire world that you could have never been prepared for before. So um, be gentle with yourself. Holy cow. It is very hard and very wonderful to be a mother. And it's just part (laughs) of it. It's just part of the journey that you walk through becoming a mother. Absolutely. You get, just like in birth, right? You go through this challenging, intense experience only to have some of the most euphoric joy as that baby is placed on your chest. And I feel like motherhood can be the exact same way. You mm-hmm. have these low points, maybe even sometimes these dark crushing points, right? Um, those long nights, that sleep deprivation where you just don't know if your life's ever going to look normal ever again. And you put that in opposition to, um, you know, sitting there staring at your baby for hours and never getting tired and feeling their soft skin and knowing that they need and want only you and those snuggles and all those good things. It's this wonderful, hard and wonderfully beautiful journey that we get honored to walk along and we don't have to walk it alone. So thank you to all of you for all the good that you're doing in the world. You truly are shaping the next generation. Yeah. And I kind of, before we end here, I really want to point out here that just like we tell you guys to do during pregnancy and birth, um, mother's intuition is very, very real. Even if you're like me and feel like 
you're really not in tune with yourself or you don't really think you have that intuition. Um, I've noticed along the years that that is not true, that I absolutely have that intuition. And I've seen it in mothers countless, countless times. There is something special that bonding or whatever, like we created this life inside of us. We are forever bonded to that child. Um, and you absolutely have inspiration, revelation and intuition for that baby um, who will grow up and and be a child and you'll still receive those things for them. So I think in all of these things, it's so easy to doubt ourselves, particularly when we're receiving information input from all of these different places. It's important to have that quiet time and to just trust what you're feeling in your heart. Um, I can tell you, I have walked through several things as a mother that I was getting input from professionals and from well-meaning family and friends and deep down knew that something didn't seem quite right and turned out in the end that was the case. So um, learn to trust that little voice in there because you, I think you're given a special charge over that little child that you bring into the world um, to be able to have that blessing of having that understanding for them. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.